This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Let's, let's bring uh, Martin Butler, our Euro Cup correspondent, into the conversation. Hey, Butler. Morning, boys. How are we? Good. You sound a little nervous, buddy. Just a tad. You should have seen me on Wednesday afternoon when we were getting that penalty kick. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of the penalty kick? Try and be unbiased here. I know that you are rooting for England in, in the tournament, but did you think it was uh, it was close to being... It was, uh, knowing, knowing the player that got fouled, you know, he's, he, he goes down quite easily, but I honestly felt that he was hit by both of those defenders, so... Yes, I am biased. It's hard to be non-biased in this case. If it had happened against us, yeah, I'd have probably challenged it. But uh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you who cares. People in Denmark. Ah, <laughs> oh, they had a good yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know what? All credit to the Danes again. Like they were, they showed some amazing humanitarian, some some real class. You know, in adversity and in defeat, they, I thought they were a classy act. Unlike some of the English supporters in the crowd, you know, I, I, I can't abide booing anybody else's national anthem. Just, just be quiet. Yeah, well, a couple of things. The, the, they were booing Denmark's national anthem. Also, there's reports of an English fan with a laser pointer shining the laser light into the uh, Denmark goalie's eyes during the penalty kick. Yeah, there's pictures of Boris Johnson, actually, with the laser pointer. <laughs> 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 No, he, he thought know, he had a mask on, so he, like nobody recognized him. But his stupid haircut—you go spot it from a mile away. Well, this is what happens when you have sixty thousand people in there, right? You know, you don't don't paint us all with the same brush. It, it was ridiculous, and you know they they charge in England with it. You know, what are they supposed to do? Right. Uh, so Italy, they they're used to winning. They've they've won on an international level many times in my lifetime. England, not so much. Do you think that gives them an advantage going into Sunday's final game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I remember when, uh, you know, Italy won the World Cup. There's some great memories of Italian players like Paolo Rossi, Marco Tardelli. Like, they've had great names over the years. You know, they won this in 68. Um, you know, they've won the World Cup. We've won nothing for 55 years. But I've changed my tune. I'm, I'm still going to go with a 1-0 England win, I think, now. Uh, I, I don't think they can breach our defense, you know. We didn't have much of a wonder wall against the Danes when uh, he flew that uh, that first goal in over us. But yeah, yeah. I, I think our defense has just been stellar for the whole tournament. We've got the best goalie in. Well, his last game wasn't his best game, but we you know we've got the uh, the most clean sheets, fewest goals against. So it was well. It's going to be a great fight. I think it'd be a great final. It'd be edgy. It'll be tight. It'll be defensive. But uh, you know, it, looking forward to it. <laughs> How much do you think you're going to sleep between now and Sunday? It sounds like you're totally on edge. I might be. On, I might be calling in sick on Monday. Either way, so you know, <laughs> yeah. My, my boss can't hear me. He's in Brazil, but uh, yeah, it might be. It might be an early morning call on uh, on Monday. If anyone in your office has an English accent, pretty good chance they're going to take Monday off if there's a victory <laughs> for England. Exactly. Or, you know, we might be uh, draining our sorrows on Sunday night anyway. Yeah, what do you think the party's going to be like? Because the game is in London, so if England wins, would it be the equivalent of if the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup in Toronto? Oh, more than that, more than that. It will be absolutely immense for the country. Like, when we beat the Germans, the, the, just the soccer, the football safety, it's a huge relief. You know, we, we beat Colombia on penalties in the last World Cup. That was one of the monkeys off our back. Then we beat Germany. So, you know, this would be absolutely enormous. The whole country's into it, you know. There's a few that's not, but the whole country is just hell-bent on England winning this.
Okay. Well, Italy, uh, they like their, their, their football as well. So I have a feeling they're going to be celebrating pretty hard if they win on Sunday. Uh, either way, there's going to be horns honking and, and flags waving in the street all okay. over the Taz and Jim listening area, right? Yeah, and a shout-out to the Marconi Club. I was telling Jim earlier in my uh, footballing prime, I used to play for Marconi. So I wore the Azzurri back in 92. So, you know, a little bit of divided loyalty, but not that much. So, yeah, you got a little love for Italy, but still. You think, they'd, wel- you think they'd welcome me back if I showed up in my England shirt and flag? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what the score is. <laughs> That's right? That's true. Well, Butler, thanks for uh, walking us through the tournament. And I guess either way, we'll try and call you on Monday morning. Whether you answer the phone is up to you, okay? You can try. (laughs) Here's Martin Butler, our Euro Cup correspondent. Final game, Italy-England, coming up on Sunday. We were talking about this an hour ago, Jim. Remind everybody what's going on. It's a new Coors Light beer called Champions Ice. And it's made from literally the ice that was on the rink floor. Like, it was the rink ice from the Stanley Cup Finals game where the Habs lost to the Lightning. They scraped the ice and they used the, the water, the melted ice, to make Coors Light. And now they're selling it. In Growlers down in Tampa. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I posted the article on the Taz and Jim Facebook page and asking people, is this delicious or is it disgusting? Uh, and people are saying, well, Vince says, they hawk a lot of loogies on the ice. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> That's true. Loogie hawking was my big concern when, big I, when I saw this story. Yeah, uh, Brad says... Uh, it's actually made from the ice pucks used in the stadium urinals. That's where they got the idea. Uh, what is that fresh taste? Mm. Fresh minty aftertaste. I'm getting evergreen. What is that? Tangy. Uh, Steve says, I played hockey. The ice is disgusting. I've seen loogies and teeth on the ice before. No thanks. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and loogs. On the other hand, Dan says, I may enjoy a pint of tears from the Habs at the end of the game. <laughs> That's the other thing. Montreal uh, Canadiens tears. Yeah. Mixed in there. Another, another uh, you know, it's one of the secret spices. They did a similar thing. You know that everyone was overconfident with the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. They were shooting a reality show, mm-hmm. and Molson, they they did something up here on this side of the border where they um, put out a limited edition Stanley Cup beer with beer that had in the process, they it passed through the Stanley Cup. So at some point during the brewing process, they had the Stanley Cup and the beer as on the way into a vat <laughs> would go through the Stanley Cup. So it touched the beer that you are drinking has touched okay. the Stanley Cup, which sounds unnecessary to me, <laughs> but it sounds a lot more sanitary than melting the the rink ice Mm -hmm. and putting that into anything that you'd consume. Well, this is a lovely green initiative to help the environment, I think, too. What, are you just going to just wash it down the drains? Come on. Are you going to throw out all that perfectly good loogie ice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is Florida, right? And people down there will put anything except COVID vaccines into their body. So, yeah. What's the name of it again? It's called Champions Ice by Coors Light. Collector's item. Uh-huh. Yeah.
I wonder if they're going to make a beer out of the grass from uh, the the Euro Cup final. <laughs> they in roll England it into a doobie Sunday. and they can sell those pre-rolls or <laughs> something. It. I don't yeah, know. That's it. Chop up the the turf and put it in with some weed, and <laughs> there you go. This is a fun story, Jim. It reminds me of the time uh, your buddy ordered uh, skip the dishes. And while the skip the dishes guy was on the front porch to deliver the food, somebody jumped in his car and drove away. Yeah, while it was idling, yeah. While it was idling. And then your your pal had to invite the skip the dishes guy into his house. They had to call the police. <laughs> yeah, he was there for like 45 minutes. He's watching them eat their food. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in Arkansas... A DoorDash driver got arrested last week because he was driving without a license and had an outstanding warrant. The cops arrested the guy, and then they decided to finish his job for him. The police delivered the food order. They did. To the people who ordered it, and we've got the body cam footage here. Going up to the the door, knocking. Is there a Sherry here? Can I talk to her? What'd she say? You don't have to get up. You're Sherry? Yes. All right, your DoorDash guy got arrested, so I brought your food to you. All right, thank you. Right on. Go have a good one. I'll cancel that tip then. Very nice of the police officer, but kind of a jerk move that he waited so long. He was purposely delaying it. Uh-huh. Like, is Sherry here? He goes up to the door. The people look very apprehensive and nervous when they open the door, and there's a uniformed officer standing there. Yeah. I don't know what the legality is in Arkansas, but if you just smoked up and waiting for your DoorDash to arrive and you open the door and there's a cop there, right? all you wanted was some Wendy's. Yeah, imagine they were up to no good and <laughs> what bad luck that would be. Order DoorDash, driver gets arrested, sends the cops right to your house. Yeah, they see drugs on the table. <laughs> your meth lab in the kitchen. You know, cooking meth gives you an awful hunger. Uh, Sherry w- was not arrested. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She just enjoyed her her nice meal, thanks mm-hmm. to the, the police department there. All right, your DoorDash guy got arrested, so I brought <laughs> your food to you. All right. Dave Sanford, oh, world-renowned yeah. photographer, works with NHL Images, is joining us. Dave was there again. You're keeping track, I'm sure. How many Stanley Cup uh, championships have you photographed, Dave? That's my 23rd Stanley Cup final. <laughs> You're a young man. How is it possible? I started when I was 12. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a way to do it. Find something you love and just start right away. Oh, my God, ever said. Uh, was it, how was it different this year? I mean, last year we talked to you when you were in the bubble with everybody. I know that was a long haul for you. It must have been nice to be back, even though, it, you know, Montreal was Canada's team. Everyone up here was cheering for them. Well, not Leaf fans, but a lot of people were cheering for the Habs. Uh, but to to be able to see the Stanley Cup hoisted in a full arena must have been pretty cool for you. Yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, just like the players, I've missed the atmosphere of the fans as well. And doing game one of the Stanley Cup final this year was the first time I'd photographed a, a game with fans in a building in over a year and a half. So it was really special for me as well. And it was crazy loud. And, um, 
I've got to give props to the 3,500 people, though, that attended the games in Montreal because they were insane, and it was so loud. Like, game three, when I was out on the ice for the anthems in Montreal, I had tears of joy running down my Mm. cheeks because I just – I couldn't control the emotion. You could not hear the PA announcer for the player announcements, and that's the first time in my career I've experienced that. And that's just 3,500 fans. Correct. Wow, that's cool. Uh, this is this is what uh, Kucherov thought of Montreal fans. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted. The fans in Montreal, come on, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kucherov looked like he was having a good time after they won the cup. Did you get any good pictures of him with his tarp off, uh, <laughs> chugging back the beers? <laughs> um, uh, that's a moment I unfortunately wasn't around in that area for. I just. Kind of saw it on TV like everybody else. So, so were you part of the the celebration? I know in the past you've been invited to the parties, the after parties, locker room, locker room. Were you were you in there this year? I was. Um, this year was really again. It sort of was fitting. Um, everything just seemed strange and bizarre how it would play out this year, and um, I guess it was a fitting way to end it because the when they took the cup off the ice and went back to the locker room, I was in there, but it was really short. It was only maybe 10 minutes that we were in there, maybe 15. I don't know. It felt really fast. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, some champagne was flying and then coach Cooper spoke and then the owner, Jeff Binnick spoke. Um, and we did a quick team photo in the locker room and then a f- maybe half a dozen bottles popped back open and Cooch drank out of the cup and then literally Stammer said, let's go. And they picked the cup up and they walked down the hallway and they went to the room where all their families were waiting. Right. So, and that was, you know, the, the, it eventually spilled back into the locker room, but they just wanted to see their families because they didn't get to celebrate with their families last year. Yeah, yeah. And didn't, you know, didn't get to celebrate and hoist the cup in front of fans last year. So it was all kind of, even though they were repeating, there was a lot of new elements to them, you know, uh, because they were home in front of family and friends. And so post-game, it was a very different setting, you know. Cause well, that's we, cool, though, that they yeah. had that opportunity. Was one, yeah. was one guy drunk right away, though? Like, was one guy getting right into it and being a party? I'm guessing it was Pat Maroon, but was, did you see anybody going crazy? <laughs> Who was giving her the hardest? Yeah. Cooch, for sure. Cooch was. Well, I mean, I guess we saw it. Yeah, Cooch. Pat, Pat Maroon was definitely, I think he was the first in the stogie. And, um, you know, definitely, I mean, everybody's partying and having a good time. But How could you not? Cooch stands out to me. What sure. about what about the team that doesn't win the Stanley Cup? Do you, I know it's kind of a weird question, but do you take pictures of them after the loss or do you just kind of leave them alone? No, I, I do it from afar. I mean, I've got a telephoto lens. So when I'm on the ice being, you know, surrounded by the Tampa players, I do turn around periodically and, and shoot with a long lens down ice because it's part of the history of the game, and that's what I'm there to document. Yeah. And as hard as it is, especially when there's people that you know, like Paris, I know Corey Perry, and I felt devastated for him. You that's know? twice um, that Lightning, the Lightning put him out in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. So, so close. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to train the camera, you know, on somebody that you know that has just lost you know, big, the biggest games and it's not an easy thing to do, but it is 
something that I do have to do with yeah, my job. Yeah, it's a good thing you're so sneaky, Dave Sanford, from NHL <laughs> Images. <laughs> That's why you're the pro. Hey, um, what is your favorite picture that you took during the, the playoff run? I know they're kind of your babies, but if you had to pick one, what would it be? Um, well, it, 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 maybe the cup-winning goal. Um, I've got it. I was blocked from my position by the referee, so I can't see um, – you know, the goal score, I can just see a stick and the puck going to the net with price reaching, but I did get it as well from my goal cam. Um, so I've got the puck just coming off of his stick. So that's some historical significance to that. Yeah. Ross Colton scored that goal and I'm sure he wants a copy of that picture. Twenty nine ninety five. Yeah. How much? $29.95? That's <laughs> not bad. Original print? But to be a rookie and to score the goal that wins your team the Stanley Cup, man, what a rush that must be. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty pretty stoked afterwards, that's for sure. Well, Dave, we're glad we got in touch with you finally. I know it's been a, a weird year, weird couple of years uh, uh, for you doing your job, but uh, we're glad that uh, you got stuck in Chicago and you're on a layover. It's never been harder for you as a Canadian to get back to the country from Florida, right? Uh, correct. There's obviously lots of, you know, hoops you got to jump through and, and uh, yeah, routing's limited you can't get from toronto to tampa direct now so on the way down was about 15 and a half hours of travel just to get to tampa and this is turning into 30 plus hours of travel wow well get home get on this side of the border get some rest and uh, if you have any cool shots you want to share with the taz and jim listeners send them our way okay sounds good buddy Dave Sanford, yeah, love love talking to you. It's a tradition after the uh, Stanley Cup is hoisted that we talk to Dave Sanford from NHL Images. It's time for Billionaires in Space! (laughs) What a time to be a billionaire, huh? Must be nice. Yeah, on Sunday, Richard Branson is going into outer space, 70-year-old... Richard Branson is going to be on the Virgin Galactic flight. They are going to broadcast the the flight live. It is going to last about 90 minutes, including about four minutes where he will be weightless with the west, rest of the crew. Hmm. And this is days before Jeff Bezos and his company, Blue Origin, launches into space he just had a swoop in there didn't he yeah he's i don't know if this is something you want to rush (laughs) (laughs) i think it it does kind of make you feel like being a billionaire isn't as awesome as as you think it is why not because these guys they're out of stuff to do now they got to go to outer space (laughs) yeah they've been to every landmark on the earth they've done everything been there done that they have nothing to look forward to and they've got to come up with with new stuff like going outer space, then what? Once once you get back from outer space, then what are you going to do, Richard Branson? Yeah, do you think he'll be just depressed because there's nothing left? Yeah. Maybe he'll maybe he'll try to get to Mars next. You never know. Center of the Earth. Hollow Earth, baby. Yeah. King Kong, Godzilla. Yeah. That's where they came from, obviously. It'll be interesting, though. I'll, I'll check that out on Sunday. Hmm. I see a lot of people thinking that this is the time that Jeff Bezos is going to fake his death. You know, that would be the ultimate thing to do once you have a billion dollars. Yeah, or maybe he has a base. Like, he's he's going to fake his death, and then he's just going to go live on the moon. <laughs> 
and control the weather from up there. Sure. Yeah. I don't trust him either way. He's up to he's not just there for just a sightseeing expedition, let's be serious. Uh-huh. He's probably checking out some meteors that he can mine. What you know, if, something. What if Richard Branson gets exposed to gamma rays? And he comes back with stretchy limbs, a fantastic four style. Yeah, yeah, and Bezos gets invisible. Oh, wow. Even more of a creep. Which one would be the hero and which one's going to be Dr. Doom? (laughs) (laughs) Can they both be Dr. Doom? I think we might have two Dr. Dooms on our hands. Billionaires in Space, Jeff uh, Bezos going up next week. And on Sunday on YouTube, you can watch Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic Flight. English soccer fans sure are apprehensive heading into this Euro Cup final, Jim. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, right? Especially when you've been disappointed time after time after Mm -hmm. time after time like English soccer fans have. Mm -hmm. Big game against uh, another football powerhouse, Italy. They know what they're doing out there. So, yeah, you don't want to do what they did in Montreal and, and start partying in the streets before your team wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. Don't flip over any of those royal guards with their tall hats just yet. Man, if they do win, how many double-decker buses do you think are going to get flipped? <laughs> Would they be easier or harder to flip? Because, They're pretty top-heavy. Yeah, they got the they got a little more weight on top. I think mm. they'd go over pretty yeah, easy. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I love how how excited and nervous people in England are right now for this match. I thought we'd have some fun with them here. I, I found a soundboard that I think would really get under British people's skin. <laughs> why, do, why do we call a sports pub over in London, England and see if we can get a rise out of whoever answers the phone, okay? <laughs> okay. Welcome to Sports Bar and Grill Marleybone. Please press 1 for customer care and booking inquiries. Press 2 to speak to a member of our bar team. Or press 3. 2? Bar team, yeah. Sports Bar and Grill, Marlboro and Dave speaking. I can help. Hello. Hello? Hey. Hello? Hello. 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 It's a me. Can I help you? It's a me. Mario. <laughs> nah, he's gone. <laughs> Almost had him. For a second there, I thought he might start having a conversation. Yes, Mario, how can I help you? <laughs> I want to see you peacock, you peacock. It's time for sports. Devin Peacock is with us from Global News Radio. And let's go Major League Baseball All-Star Week next week. And there's a couple players who are opting to sit out. So there's two members of the Houston Astros who are saying uh, thanks, but no thanks. Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve were both elected to participate in the All-Star Game. And both have said they are not going to play. Now, they're giving what seems to me to be suspicious reasons for not participating. Carlos Correa, it sounds good at first blush, says he wants to take the time to be with his wife who is pregnant with their first child, but she's not giving birth. So he just wants to be with her 
while she's expecting their mm, first child. That is suspicious. As someone whose wife has been pregnant twice, unless it's go time, I don't know why you'd <laughs> want to be around her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you'd probably rather be at an all-star game. <laughs> hey, when, when my wife was pregnant, I came to work every day until she was ready to give birth. Mm-hmm. Well, he's around her all the time now. Like when you're, unless you're traveling on the road. But she could go to the all-star game. Yeah. Jose Altuve says he is skipping because he has a leg injury and he's scared it could get worse. However, he's still playing right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're How bad could you're it be? Aggravate the injury, then don't play anymore. Well, why are these guys saying they don't want to play? Then what do you think the real motivation is? I think they're scared they're going to get booed heavily because of their participation in Houston cheating a couple of years ago. Last year was the year they were the entire Houston or, uh, organization was supposed to get booed by all the fans, but there were no fans because of the pandemic. So now, <laughs> as they go about, they're getting booed. They're getting the treatment they were going to get last year, and I think they're worried if they go to Colorado, all those fans are just going to shower them with booze, and I think they're right. I'm sure the booze would be a terrible thing, but I think even worse would be sitting on the bench with all the other all-stars who hate you. You know what I mean? That would be worse because you have to interact with those guys. That's true. I mean, I personally, uh, I think I would kind of get off on uh, getting booed by that many people and having that much hatred. I would kind of like it, but having your teammates (laughs) on the bench be pissed with you, that would be a reason to make up a reason not to get there. Well, that's quite the kinky fetish you've got, Dev. (laughs) You let us know next time you have a Tinder date over. Jim and I will stand outside your bedroom window and boo. Boo! Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.